Hello and welcome to Faking Wits, a book club podcast in which I sit down with some very good friends and we talk about a book that we have read. My name is Chin Si, and even though they are the natural enemies of books, I love football. Make sure you use a bookmark so you don't lose your place. You've got to read the book and do it at the right time. You can't be slow or fast, just reach the end of the line. You've got to flip through the pages and nod in agreement. But never cover those pages with all of your semen. So get them if you can from the librarian. Let's talk about some books that we all understand. My name is Chin Si, and I'm here to say I like reading books in a major way. Worth it. Oh my god, there's other people in the room, for fuck's sake! <laughs> did, you, did you see that? Uh, we actually yeah. heard it. Oh, yeah. f- I, well, I, I, that was a prank. I pranked you. Pranked oh. you. Pranked you. I don't do that really. What definition of that was a character? That was a that was a character I was playing. It was Um, a prank character. Yes, it was a prank character that I was doing because I knew you were watching me, and I was like, "Wouldn't it be funny if you walked into me rapping?" And then it would be even funnier when you pretended that you hadn't realised that feed. Exactly. What a prank! Prank of the century. You got. You got. Gotcha'd by me. Well, you got you got me. You got me, Josh Bellman, and uh, I've got football fever. Oh, there's only one cure for that. A book. Oh, I was going to say uh, a, a football deck to me, but um, yeah, <laughs> right. it's fine. Who else is here? Uh, hello, mine's Harren X. Book ball is coming home. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I like sound, that. sound like a true fan of the, sport, the beautiful game. Is, yeah. Sorry, I'm feeling incredibly nervous here, uh, just because of who I'm sitting next to. Um, uh, this is this is this is Peter Royley for uh, first time. Uh, big fan of the show, and delighted to be here uh, alongside you, gentlemen, today. Oh, so sweet. Thank you, Peter. Hi, Peter. Wait, why why are you nervous? Because like, I don't actually recognise the person that's you're sitting next to. Uh, hello, um, my name is Michael James Owen. I was born on the 14th of December 1979. I'm an English former footballer who played as a striker for Liverpool, Real Madrid and Newcastle United, Manchester United and Stoke City, as well as the England national team. Uh, since retiring from football, I've become a successful racehorse jockey, breeder and owner. Okay, so That's you're... Good. Wait, 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 wait. So you okay. are the former England captain... I was never actually captain. Okay. David Beckham was captain at that point. I'm pretty sure you were the captain, but then I, you know, <laughs> you are the authority in your life, I guess. Uh, um, Michael Owen, Sir Michael Owen. No, not Sir Michael. Owen, oh, okay. Either. Wow. So you weren't captain, and you were never knighted. You don't sound like you've had a very good life. I did. I did win the Balloon Door. <laughs> the Balloon Door. <laughs> 
Is that a door made of balloons? Peter, that's really impolite of you to, to burst out laughing when Michael's celebrating one of his greatest achievements. The balloon door. It's, it's a fantastic achievement, and uh, one which I believe that very few footballers have actually lifted themselves. Uh, Especially these days. <coughs> But so okay, Michael. Michael. So, so Michael, was it was it was it was it, um, was it Kaká, and then like was it just um, like Messi and Ronaldo? Were you the last person to win the uh, Ballon d'Or before that? Ah, <laughs> uh, I, th- I think. Well, I, I don't. I have only heard of ten football players. So. <laughs> you, you know, ten, ten, ten you know, ten team or were, were these ten of your teammates <laughs> yeah. right? from like different yeah. clubs <laughs> across your career? Various football players. I've heard. Of, I've heard of uh, Sammy Hippier. I've heard of David Beckham, of course. Uh, I've heard of myself. I've heard. Of... So you're included in the ten. <laughs> so whenever you were playing, there was always one guy on the on the pitch. So you're like, who's that guy? I don't recognise him. I, I just played up front. I just used to stay oh, in my. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four I didn't need to know you. any of the defenders or the goalkeeper. Oh, right. Are kind of... you? Are you? Gr- I mean, they. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, not an expert on this, but don't a lot of footballers have their names on their shirts? No? Mm-hmm. Well, I only can read ten letters. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, O, uh, W, E, N, M, uh, I, C, H, uh, E is already mentioned, A, L. Wow, uh, that's seven. That's seven. X, Y, and Z. <laughs> Well, I've never realised you must have had a good time with this book. Yeah, Yeah, I think you might have been a poor choice of guest. You have been with us before, Michael. I actually didn't recognise you. You you seem different somehow um, from the person that appeared on the episode where we discussed Stephen King's It. Um, At the time, I did remember thinking to myself, you seemed like a poor fit for that book uh, about uh, a horror, a horror book. Um, And I thought, well... Since you're a footballer, what better choice to have for you to come down and discuss and give us your unique insight into the book that we're discussing today, which is Fever Pitch, uh, a footballing life fan, I think is the subtitle. Is that the subtitle? Uh, well, in this copy, it's the best football book ever written. Okay, fair Close enough. Oh, much, I don't think there's much competition in that field. but um, uh, So it's Fever Pitch by field. Nick Hornby. Um, now, Nick Hornby, as we all know, um, this is... One of the two books that he's best known for, the other being High Fidelity, obviously. Um, but uh, he he writes about music and football to particularly male uh, interests, uh, and he writes with the, about them with a plum, I think. Um, or do you disagree, Michael, from your unique perspective as being a footballer? Well, yeah, I think he's it's great to read that I'm not mentioned in the book well he was you were a bit after Nick Hornby's time and obviously I'd not heard of any of the footballers that he did mention such as I can't remember <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't heard of them and you're asking them to like well how does he know he hasn't heard of them if he doesn't know who they are David Seaman oh well, okay was. you didn't know who that was <laughs> no. didn't know who David Seaman was I thought you I thought you didn't you play together Oh, be, as I said, he would be at the other end of the <laughs> pitch to me. Okay. So you never actually felt like going down and saying hello, ever? 
Never, never needed. I, I was there to score goals. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, what about the rest of you? Oh, it's all men today. We're talking about football. Uh, just in time for a sensational World Cup, which I actually haven't watched that much of, but I've been told by many people that it's a good one. I think I think that um, uh, from from kind of the neutral perspective, I think that uh, this is one of the one of the better English sides that I've seen. Um, I can really see them kind of as they take on Sweden. Uh, anything from like maybe a one 0 two 0 victory coming up. Okay, what makes you uniquely uh, insightful of this though? Why should we listen to what you have to say, Peter? Well, because I've got absolutely no interest at all in England succeeding in the competition whatsoever. Okay, so by having no interest in them succeeding, therefore you are best qualified to actually have an opinion about them. Well, well I mean, kind of from the neutral perspective, uh, as opposed to like an, an emotionally generated one. I, see, I also think I see. your opinion is kind of most based by being alive one day after the event had happened. I think that kind of, do you think that helps? <laughs> or, or do you think that helps your expertise? That's all. <laughs> so, so wait, being, wait, wait, like being alive. Like I, I, I mean, like I'm kind of expert. I reckon like Princess Diana will die. The will die. Yeah. Again. <laughs> uh, Hasn't she been through enough already? Alive afterwards. Yeah. Okay. So. so your predictions are that Princess Diana will come to life again and then die again. <laughs> You're mocking a whole wait, fucking world religion. Hold on, hold on, Buddhism. Wait, wait, you're mocking, wait, wait, mocking Buddhism and, and Hinduism. That's I'm one, not mocking. I'm not mocking. One I'm billion to, yeah, that's mocking. out of order, too. Yeah. I'm not mocking. I want, to, I, want, I want to be very clear. Yeah. I'm not mocking. Yeah. You're I just am... holding back laughter at the prospect <laughs> that, of reincarnation. <laughs> that's why her name no, is Princess no, Di as well. I'm just holding back laughter. Oh, it's in your name. Sorry, I'm confused because you were referencing his... Claim that England had beaten Sweden, yeah, would, and they have been. I, I, so I understand. So is Princess yeah. Diana actually going to come alive? Definitely, yeah, tomorrow. But, but tomorrow, where, where's that coming from? I don't know. Like, uh, <laughs> well, he <laughs> seemed to be implying that we were going to play Sweden tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> I reckon it'd be one nil, two nil. <laughs> well, I, I know that we. So we I, I, I reckon, yeah, paparazzi one. <laughs> 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 Is that the uh, Italian left back? Yeah, paparazzo. <laughs> okay, all right. So in one move of the, on. We'll move on. Podcast episodes I've listened to of this show. Uh, Lenny London apparently killed Princess Diana. <laughs> I've heard that that story. That's not a conspiracy theory that like you will hear from the uh, lamestream media though. Mm. Uh, who've been like um. Although Lenny seemed quite open up, just blurting it out on this podcast, uh, matter of factly in his inimitable way. Uh, but yes, that's um that is one of the stories. And uh, maybe somebody should tell Lenny that he might need to finish the job, so to speak. Mm. But it'll have to redo the job. We'll redo the well when the job doesn't stay done. Yeah, you got to read like in, like in football. Mm. What? If someone equalises, you need to score again. Mm. Okay, that is true. Is what Glenn Hoddle used to say. Yeah, mm. all, all. but I think Glenn Hoddle famously believed in reincarnation. Did they? Yeah, he, he did. did. He did. Famously, yeah. He did famously he, say, "Disabled people have sinned in a past life." He actually said that. He actually did say yeah. that. Yeah, oh. I, I thought it was quite. Um, Which is why he never picked anyone for any of them for the England team. I also thought it was like coming from a a, a position of like a very sporty, uh, sporty man who is known for his career and being rich and successful through the use of his legs. Basically saying like, yeah, disabled people aren't great because like um, they've seen the past life. That's why they can't do what I do, which is basically play football, um, which is not a great look for for the man. Um, do you do you have any wacky beliefs like that, Michael? Um, I believe. 
that uh, Stephen Gerrard is uh, twice the age he claims he is. Okay, all right. What are you basing that on? <laughs> is this something that constantly like happens throughout his lifetime? Like, when he's 20, is he actually 40? And when he's 40, he's actually 80? Well, that, that's not actually as strange a phenomenon as you might think. We've, we've met several people who, who, who fulfil that those criteria. But Lenny London, who... who uh, Michael's just mentioned it actually ages forwards and backwards simultaneously through time. So that's is so. Are you accusing Stephen Gerrard? No, of being no, no, of course not. I'm accusing. He always claims user. he is 13 years old, and I believe he's 26 years old. Okay, all right. This is a very Lenny London heavy episode for, some, for somebody who's not here. I feel like we need to get. I need to bring the uh, conversation back on topic again and talk about uh, Fever Pitch and talk about football now. Fever Pitch, when it first came out, bit of a sensation. I got the feeling that when um, Nick Hornby wrote it all the way back in 1994, was it? I 92, 92. Thank you very much, Hannah. It was published in 1992. I remember it. I was, uh, I was a ripe two years old when it came out. <laughs> okay, all right. I read it the day it came out. And what did you think of it? I didn't really understand much of it. <laughs> How many it letters was, did you know? Well, I knew most of the letters, but More just by, by that sort of recognition, mm-hmm. I didn't really know how to put them together into right. anything. Um, but yeah, I remember the day at nursery. Was, my dad gave it to me and he sent me into school and he said, son, this is what you need. And I, I mean, the rest is history, really. I've had mm. f- f- football fever ever since. Was it the picture book edition? No, it was a regular, regular, regular edition. edition. Some really edition. unsatisfying anecdote. You got a book, you couldn't read it properly, and the rest is history. <laughs> apparently, that's a, that's how your story went. Apparently, oh, well, so, well, sorry, Chin. I'm just telling you the truth. You asked a question about it, and I give you the truth, and then you then I don't I didn't ask for a review of my anecdote, and whether you tell me whether my anecdote was sufficiently interesting or my sorry, my sorry. It was it was a perfectly fine. I'm anecdote. gonna say, and then and then uh, and then something really interesting happened. How was that? I gotta say, I fully endorse this kind of rant against you. <laughs> because you do a lot. You do a lot. So anyone who comes on, we invite people on and then you have a go at them. Because I, they don't answer in the way that you want. Exactly. I'm just, look, I'm just a very difficult human being. I'm just, I apologise. I, I, I was thoroughly enjoying the anecdote. Um, your, your father in this situation, uh, was, was he an Arsenal fan? Yes, he is. He is, he is an Arsenal fan. And so, so, uh, and yourself, uh, what's, what's your team of choice? I identify as a slight Arsenal fan. Okay. So, what's the other part of you? Uh, not really giving a shit, really. <laughs> so, how slight is this slight fandom? Well, if Arsenal play in a football match, um, like they do many times during yeah. this podcast, <laughs> as opposed to like a if they match, do, yeah. <laughs> in, in the instance, if, they, if they feel like it, like, if they feel like playing football, they wake up and it's like, I want to play some football today. But if not, it's like, nah, cancel the match. I'm staying in bed today. Well, well, that's fair. I'm not going. I'm not going to force them to play. If yeah. They don't want to exactly. play, right? Exactly. I, I mean, to be fair, there is just something that Michael did at after last throughout his career. <laughs> yeah, I, I was that's never kind of a burn. I can't believe you just accepted, you just accepted <laughs> that burn in your career with such a res- resignation. Yeah, fair. Well, I was injured a lot. Oh, okay. In okay. fact, I had as many as ten injuries throughout my career. <laughs> no way. <laughs> so what <were> they? <laughs> I hurt my foot. <laughs> uh, I hurt my uh, f- f- thyroid gland. Yeah. How did you hurt your thyroid gland? <laughs> it got poked. <laughs> was that David? Was that yeah, David Beckham? Yeah, I've heard about him poking people's thyroids. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, and I hurt my thigh, and I hurt my stomach, and I hurt my uh, arm, and I hurt my face. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, nice. Was that from smiling too much? Was that a memory brings a, a laughter to your to your expression? I don't know. Like, uh, I hurt my uh, bum, and I hurt my soles of my feet, and I hurt my neck, and I hurt my penis. Wow. wow. Okay. All right. That's um, so categorical. Was, was, was the penis like? Was that was that an emotional pain, or is that more of a kind of a physical pain? That was when Sammy Hippier kicked me in the penis. Uh, because Are you allowed to do that in football? Uh, no. Oh, okay. It wasn't in football. It was uh, when I slept with all ten of his wives. Sammy Hippier's got ten wives. He did at the time. But he doesn't anymore. Okay, that's the only ten women I've ever slept with. Sam and the Sammy Hippier's wives. Okay. Alright, alright. Um. <laughs> Just to clarify... You know as many Sammy Hippie wives as you do professional football. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. Um, I mean, like, it must be hard for you, though, because like, as far as last time I remember, uh, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, football uh, involves, uh, isn't there 12 players on the pitch? Uh, well, there's 22 players. It's 22. It's 22 players Mate, on the pitch. <laughs> he doesn't need to know everyone's name, though. No. Okay. All right. But like I watch it on TV and I only know like one of their names. All right. All like, right. what's your job? Uh, well, I don't really have one at the moment, unfortunately. Right. This is, um, I'm using this. Well, do you, do, do you know all the names of all the unemployed people? No, I don't. Well, there you well, go. Then, how can you be unemployed if you don't know all the names? I don't know, but like, I do know all the unemployed people that I meet at the job centre, though. Like, in any given moment. Yeah. If I'm there, I'll be like, hi, Roy. Hi, David. Hi, Abigail. Hi, Joseph. Starling. Not Starling. He's not unemployed. <laughs> Mate, you, there's no unemployment in a command economy, like, the communism, is there? Yeah. You, just, you, you just get to know these people that you see all the time, you know? I know I know all of them. My, my buddies at the job centre. See? And there's more than ten of them. Well, you're going you're gonna to be seeing Arsene Wenger down there. Soon, <laughs> oh, yeah! yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, let's... let's Bring it back to football. I'll admit to being a bit ignorant in the ways of football. I kind of find it contagious, though. I, I love the fandom, loving the fact that this country is getting very excited about the possibility of winning the football this year. Uh, but I, how, how many hands, show of hands, who really loves the football in this room? Okay, everybody, everybody, uh, help me understand, hopefully through the prism of Fever Pitch, which is a book, which I do love. Um, is this the best vessel to understand why people love football? Oh, a book? Yeah, well, this book in particular. Yeah, it's the best vessel to understand why Nick Hornby loves football. Okay, okay. But he, uh, but don't you think that it's a bit more universal than that? Don't you think he sort of like chimes into something that everybody else sort of like feels in some way? I, I think I entirely agree with with Michael's point, um, and sort of regarding uh, it, it's, it certainly uh, reveals the way that, that Nick here how, how he views uh, football and how important it is to him, and um, like he, he goes to the extent to say how it's it's like better than sex. Uh, I, I mean, um, I mean for for you, would you prefer to have a, a football rush or, or an orgasmic rush? Oh, okay. Well, as a person who doesn't really follow football, right, uh, I wouldn't understand that analogy. If you were to break it down in a way I could understand, like say an orgasmic rush, right, from actually you know ejaculating into a person. Or onto a person, possibly. Or near a person. Yeah. Or, yeah. or, or possibly a person. ejaculating onto a book, or up a book, or into a book. Or near a book. Or near a book. It's a, it's a close-run thing. It depends on the book. It depends on the person. 
you know? Like, if you're gonna, I, I, like, Mike, Michael, if you were going to, uh, say, choose between sex with a person you didn't like and mm. watching football for a team that, you, or playing football for a team that you did like, I mean, it's, you know, Exactly, exactly. I think it's a fair, that's a fair comparison, isn't it? That's a fair comparison. Um, I do feel that Nick Hornby does actually try to, uh, speak as if on behalf of all football fans everywhere. I'm just going to read you a a quote here. So please be tolerant of those who describe a sporting moment as their best ever. We do not lack imagination, nor have we had sad and barren lives. It is just that real life is paler, duller, and contains less potential for unexpected delirium. Mm. I think that's entirely correct. Mm -hmm. So basically, he is kind of saying that they hate their lives and that they're sad. Yeah, but can you not not use that to describe any art form? Isn't any art form? Isn't reading a book or what do you do? You collect miniature thumbnails. No, 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 no. Huh? I, I, I write fan fiction. You write fan fiction? Yeah. yeah. What that... do you write fan fiction about? Oh, um, there's one about Clint Eastwood um, and the orangutan, um, which I've been working on for the past few years. Uh, it's you can, you can read it online. I write under the name Orangutan Lover 69. Uh, so check it out. Check it out. It's good. And, good but yes, but uh, so writing about fellatio on the orangutan. Does that, that uh, didn't mention the fellatio, but huh? yes, yes. Well, that's what's kind of implied. The orangutan lover, it's implied, 69. Yes. It's implied, yes. <laughs> and, um, I always imply the uh, fellatio, mainly by writing about it <laughs> graphically. Um, yeah, does that not, is that not a form of escapism? Like, isn't life inherently kind of painful and boring and banal and uh, you kind of need... That's everybody has their thing. True. And so live and let live. Why, why okay, are you so, having what, to go so what extent do you think, though, that this is... Um, um, that, that sporting events um, trump uh, art, uh, art itself? Because they say unexpected delirium, right? Um, I kind of feel that, like, with sport, there's a, always going to be the possibility of disappointment packaged into it. You, your, your team's not always going to yeah, win, but, right? But that's the same with literature. Isn't, there's like a narrative, isn't it? There's winners and losers. Uh, speaking of losers, I'm saying this to Josh Bellman. <laughs> what, a, what a way to... He not Fair. only lost the thread of Fair the thought man. that he was making, but he threw somebody else under the bus in order to complete his yeah. point. Well, I'm happy to be of service. <laughs> I, I, I'm not that interested in Josh. Now, <laughs> I, I think I think the point that we're trying to make it's it is illustrated in the book, and it's it's the trouble. Uh, I just want to read the passage. Uh, the, the trouble with the orgasm as the metaphor uh, here is, is that the orgasm, though obviously pleasurable, it's familiar and repeatable. Um, it's predictable, and particularly for the man, if you're having sex, uh, then you know what's coming. As it were. Uh, maybe if I hadn't made love for 18 years and given up the hope of doing so for another 18 years and then suddenly out of the blue an opportunity presented itself maybe in these circumstances it'd be possible to recreate the approximation of that Anfield moment uh, even though there is no question that sex is a nicer activity than watching football there's no nil nil draws there's no offside traps there's no cup upsets and you're warm in the normal run of things the feelings it endangers are simply not as intense as those brought about a once-in-a-lifetime last-minute championship winner. And I think it is that thing to say, it's the unpredictability to say, you didn't know that that was going to happen. So when it does happen, 
it's a euphoria which you couldn't have got from uh, but other things that you described throughout the book such as the joy of childbirth you've got pretty much an eighth month reminder that that's definitely going to happen I love how the book's being taken off me there is this is that a real quote yes it's a fucking real quote this is all in the book I'm not making this shit up I have listened to this podcast this stuff is in the book and then Nick Hornby says I'm not making this shit up this is in the book because I don't remember that the quote has ended you asshole (laughs) even the bit when he says the quote has ended you asshole is in the book I I just wanted to Josh you are actually in the book everything that you said is in the book (laughs) everything that you just said is in the book wait which year was which 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 edition is this? Nineteen ninety five edition. Ah, uh, I see. I haven't read that one. Uh, okay, uh, okay. How how that makes more sense? I, I wanted to pick Norm Nick Hornby up in a couple of the lines in that thing. Uh, there's no uh, offside trap uh, in sex. There there is. Uh, it's very possible to be offside in sex. Uh, two. Uh, there's plenty of cup upsets. Oh, okay. uh, especially when donating to sperm banks. Fair enough. Fair enough. Which I um, do regularly. I don't know about Nick Hornby as well, but like um, when uh, um, when I'm um, when I uh, climax, it's always unexpected. And so I'm caught off guard by my my climaxes. Um, what is the most unexpected climax you've ever had? Oh, uh, probably when I was at my grandma's funeral. <laughs> no, right. That, yeah, I, I did not see that coming. <laughs> Nobody did. Nobody did. I didn't see it coming. It was Were you having horrible. sex at the time? <laughs> no, no, it just happened. Sometimes happens. It just sometimes happens. Were you happens. fully naked? Did it feel I wasn't naked, but I was wearing a white suit. Uh, that's, that's quite fortuitous, isn't it? Yeah. Well, is it? Is it? What colour is your sperm? I don't know, it's white. Oh, oh it's red. <laughs> oh, you should get that looked at. I can recommend as many as ten doctors. Sorry, Wait. just to clarify, oh, you've had ten injuries, and each time you went, that doctor didn't work. <laughs> I'm assuming you did. We had to get a solid foot specialist and a neck specialist, yeah. and, and the face. bum specialist. <laughs> face, yes, exactly. The face uh, specialist, the penis specialist. Glasses. <laughs> okay, okay, we don't have to rehash that. But I, I'm interested by this sort of um, connection that Nick Hornby brings between football and sex. Uh, something that's often often brought out as a joke uh, men in order to stave off the possibility of uh, climaxing too early or prolonging sex think about football that's like a cliche that you see in a lot of stories and here Nick Hornby's addressing it directly by correlating sex and football and basically saying that like sex itself will never match up to the unexpected delirium and pleasure of football, which is weird. Why would you then think about football in order to stave off the uh, uh, the delirium of the orgasm? I don't know like um, if that makes sense to any of you. Not football fans, so I never really think about football. To uh, Not even when you're having a... sex and don't want to come? No, um, I think well, about my grandma's funeral. <laughs> oh, well, does, does that work? Does that expedite? Like, it's <laughs> never really worked. Oh, really? Uh, it's never really worked. I should stop doing that, really. <laughs> but um, what about you? You football fans out there, um, do you think about football to stave off uh, the climax? Or do you think about something else? Yeah, actually, for me, it has the adverse effect. I'm like so because I'm so on the edge. I'm, ne- I'm neutral about football. Mm. Well, even though I do have fever, I do, don't get me wrong. I've mm-hmm. fe- got the fever, but like it just has no effect on me. So it's like basically neutral. So what happens is I'm I'm banging and banging and banging. I think about football and I'm just still banging. Okay, all right. And then it's like I've never even thought of it football at all. Okay, so because I, I don't really mind. <laughs> So it doesn't have any effect. I'm just, just apathetic towards that. I'm just, I'm not even like. Oh. So it just pops in there sometimes and thought of football. 
And then you just like just well, keep going. Just keep going. Just ign- what you ignore the thought and just proceed. Just carry glaze on. over it. Fair enough. Fair enough. What about the rest of you? Do you uh, do, do you find the football trick helps or? I find the reverse helps. Uh, I think about, about sex it. during football to make sure the referee gives less extra time. <laughs> How's this work? You got to talk us through this. Um, no, no, sure he gives more extra time. Okay, okay. More yeah, to make the, the football last longer. Okay, so you think about sex to make the football last yeah. longer. Okay, okay. And I, I telepathically transmit those thoughts to the referee. Right. So that he is distracted when totting up the extra time. All right, all right. And then gives more extra time. So what sort of thoughts do you beam into the referee's uh, brain? Just sexy thoughts. Such as? Uh... Isn't Andre Perlo pretty? Okay. He's one of the ten footballers I've heard of. <laughs> do, you not, do you think it's actually working? Because I'm not sure if you are telepathic. I well, look at the stats. The average of extra time in my games was 12 seconds longer than the average of extra time in any other footballer's games. Okay. Are you sure that wasn't because you not necessarily were... <laughs> are you sure that's not your injury time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it might have been. It's difficult to know. I mean, there's de- definitely like open questions here. That's interesting. Using a uh, uh, flipping uh, the t- turning the tables, so to speak. Uh, like pizza, Aaron. I mean, what do you think? I I, I find it a bit weird the whole sort of like you know like um football and sex, sex and football being meshed together. And it's like the two things that like men think about like uh, yeah. stereotypical male. Is if it's not football, it's sex. If it's not sex, it's football. It's almost like they're two modes. When we're having sex and when we're playing football, and as a result, football itself it's it's um basically used as a arousal dampener because we're almost trying to switch a into switch. a different yeah it's almost like switching to a different mode of discourse. You you're, you're thinking of football, therefore yeah. you're thinking of your mates and your fat your friends down the pub yeah. and like big strong men like kicking a ball all around the field. Yeah, like, but now I'm a strong man. This uh, yeah, exactly. I yeah. mean, does that? I mean, does that do it for you? Because it kind of like. Are you? Are you basically asking me when I'm gay? Is that? No, no, I'm not oh. asking that. I thought that's what you asked. I'm not asking if you're gay, so it's like uh, so, so to speak. Gay yeah. for football. Yeah, but like, do you think the um, inherent homoeroticism of football is yeah. what is turning? There's no homoeroticism in football. There's so much homoeroticism. I like it when they hug football. each other. That's a manly. I love man it when life. they take off their clothes and then put them on each other. I like it yeah. when they swing them around their head and then they then they yeah. they get told off because the sponsors that's, are, uh, uh, adverts aren't seen. That's so uh, we can take off. In the mind of every footballer, they always want to escape the pitch. And after scoring a goal, they go, "Now's my chance! I'll turn into a helicopter." But a helicopter is also a kind of gay carnal move, is it not? Is it? Well, you'd know. Is yeah, a pod- by the way, Harold, as, as a knowledgeable that this person, this is a, pod- yeah. a podcast yeah. in audio format, so using hand gestures is not. Oh, there is. Isn't it when you? I mean, I'm not sure if it's, but how would that work? It applies to all sexualities, I suppose. But just when you twirl your penis around, why would you do that? And not wouldn't your penis be around? How is that pleasurable to anybody? No, it generates lift. Wait, if if you were a gay man in a gay sex situation, your penis would be erect and therefore would not be able to twirl. Um, no, but you you get more of a twirl because it's a re- it's longer. It's longer. <laughs> yeah, but it's gonna so, be... you, so you can take off more. more. But it's not going to be able to move around. Then, <laughs> of course, you can move around. Like, an erect penis can 
Yeah, but not like a helicopter. Huh? Not like oh, well, have you seen a helicopter rotor? It doesn't. It's just not like flaccid, right. is it? It kind see, of it's, it's erect. You see, I it? thought the helicopter is your penis uh, like grafted onto a rotating platform. <laughs> see, you see, that's the thing, right? If you told me that, right, it yeah. was it, you, you're saying the helicopter's like yeah. twirling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that doesn't work for me. But yeah. I thought it was actually more a ref- reference to the sexual position where you take your partner and spin them on top like a helicopter propeller. Oh, yeah. Is that how it refers to I don't that know I, you were the one who brought it up I <laughs> thought it was I thought you were the one who was knew what they were I'd talking I'd do that about. yeah yeah yeah. as well, a celebration after you scored a goal <laughs> yeah sure man pop pop the goalkeeper on your, uh, your... why the goalkeeper <laughs> you wouldn't be involved you, in the you celebration shamed him. of the you goal you shamed him you shamed him and as a result to hammer home your point you grab the goalkeeper you pop him on your <laughs> spin him around and then you go back to teammates and say, yeah, I'm the, I'm the Wait, football team. Wait, you the, the opponent's goalkeeper. Yes, yeah. the opponent's goalkeeper. I'm sounding a bit... Um, <laughs> a bit, bit rapey. Yeah, I, I wouldn't do it's that. It's all good fun. It's all good fun. It's like, an, in the world of football. You're confusing homoeroticism with rape. <laughs> no, no, of course not. Well, look, like, what are you doing in football other than f- forcing, like, uh, your ball into <laughs> the, the, the open goal uh, without the consent of the person whose goal that is? They don't want the, the, your ball in their goal, but you're going to thrust it in yeah, there anyway. They've consented to the situation of ball being put into so goal. Why are they trying to stop? Why are they trying to stop you from getting your ball in their goal? You know that's what true, consent actually. is? You, it, it's true, not consent true. if they say no at the last exactly. minute. That's true. Uh, you that's should be allowed, yeah. they, should, they should be allowed to foul in self-defence. I think you're right, actually. So what do you now think? Now that you bring this, this, this issue of consent into it, yeah. I think like uh, by all means, they should be able to foul, kick, slice, karate chop, judo chop. Well, that's what Vinny... Who, who, who are they karate chopping and judo chopping? Well, I think the strikers. Uh, you strikers. know what? I, I, I think it's the strikers. I don't think they're the problem. They should be doing that to the fans who've come to watch them <laughs> well, and, and bay at this this. But then if, this they, if they do that, travesty. the goal's going to be open. So just just to clarify, you think that football is terrible. So the problem with it is, is you want to have more violence involved in the sport to deter the fans. See, this is my plan, yeah? Get all the fans of football into one place. Got right? it. Under the guise of it being a football match, italics, and then when they're all there, lock the doors and then have all the footballers start kicking them in the face. Or Eric so run, Yes, exactly. Do Eric Cantona, but all the players. All the players just run up into the stadium, just kick every fan in the face. But they would be severely outnumbered. Yeah, it's probably not going to work out too well for the footballers in the end, but I think the point will have been made. But you have substitutes, you can bring them on. <laughs> Only about three, four in extra time. <laughs> And also, those fans, they're not going to have studs, are they? Hmm? They might do. Well, maybe some of them might do. Okay. All right. Um, do you think Nick Hornby, to return to the book again, how do you think Nick Hornby deals with the um, ugly spectre of hooliganism in, uh, in his book? Because if you're talking about English football, I don't think you can ignore the issue of uh, that English football had back in the 80s and late 70s. Well, Nick Hornby's a hooligan himself. Um, I heard he, um, he stole a model railway set. Yeah, is that who you're well, stealing a model railway set? Is your bar that's been what, set for what uh... context? Did he do that? <laughs> because his name is Nick Horn. Right. So what, did he get confused? <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he might have actually just said, "That's mine." He saw the word <laughs> Hornby on it and just rightfully assumed that it belonged to him. I, uh, I, get, I do that sometimes. Well, you, you 
you go into Wittards, do you? you go just Wittards. Isn't that a yeah, coffee? Wittards. Isn't that a tea and coffee shop? Yeah. Yeah. And then... yeah but that's not my, that's not how my name's spelled. <laughs> huh? It's not T E A, it's T E E. I'm not going to run into that conversation. I forgot how to spell my name. I just start picking up. Well, how like... many letters do you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I check your literary privilege. I, gotta, I, I, know. I know all the letters. <laughs> I know all the letters. That's why I am the head of this book club. Um, but yes, no, exactly. Is that what this is? <laughs> That's apparently what this is. Um, yeah, I, I, again, like, um, Peter, um, like, do you, I mean, look, let's all agree. We're all agreed, right? Hooliganism in football is not acceptable. No, it's terrible. It's a terrible, terrible thing, and I'm glad that it's, by and large, kind of been, kind of disappeared from the scene. I never did it but, when but, I was two years old. That's true. That's true. I could think we can back that up. I think we have photos. Um, you have, you have photos of a baby. You have a photos of a baby not doing hooliganism. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't have photos. I, I just said there are photos. For there to be evidence of you not doing hooliganism, you'd have to have photos of him constantly. Doing hooliganism. Mm. Not doing... So you have to have an entire record. Mm-hmm, mm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's an entire record of my six-year-old life. Yeah? You what were was... a prolific goal scorer even back then. Yeah. I scored goals so much that I was constantly being filmed scoring goals. Every waking moment and sleeping moment. And the rest is history. No. Oh, okay. All right. Um, So to to answer the question about uh, hooliganism and kind of stamping out over the years, I think that uh, a lot of that is kind of attributed to um, the the price of the ticket itself um, and how we've we've gone from a time of, of it being kind of seen as a working class kind of hobby to be a spectator of the sport, whereas now it's become more of a middle class hobby. Uh, Wait, are you saying so that's very snobberish? Yeah. Well, well no, 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 no. I, 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 I think I, I think he's right. It's not it's not snobbery. It's just basically a, a simple fact of economics. Football has become gentrified. No, but the, the implication there is violence and being a twat is a working class phenomenon. <laughs> that's essentially what you're saying. That is essentially what I'm saying. Oh, okay, good. That is essentially what um, gentrification is, though. You remove the poor elements um, to make from... something better. <laughs> That's what. Some what about when I was a baby? When I was two years old, I was working class. I was a working class baby, and I never hooliganized. I, c- I completely agree with that sentiment, and uh, I, I think that uh, you've also moved up a class. <laughs> yes, oh, it's true. Up class. Yeah, you've definitely moved up a class. It seems. Um, um, okay, so, so this is, I don't think like, it's something that Nick Hornby really discusses that much in Fever Pitch, um, the whole element of, um, classism, because, um, Nick Hornby is definitely coming from the point of view of a middle class football fan. Yeah. Um, in fact, many of the things that Nick Hornby discusses, uh, in terms of like his, um, entire milieu is deals with very male middle class, uh, concerns. I mean, the guy um, went to Cambridge, for God's sakes. Exactly, exactly, and he owns that model like railway like company apparently. Um, but like both so, equal facts, both equal facts. Um, but it's uh, but but he has moved up a class much much like Josh has um, in 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 that terms to come from an underprivileged kind of background um, to 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 being like a, a Cambridge graduate where where he didn't kind of fit in, wasn't really part of that. Mm, mm, um, mm. So I, I think he's kind of moved uh, where where football has of, of kind of how it's gone from being something seen for for the lesser people the, the working class. Um, <laughs> so what is it about the working class that makes them so violent? In your opinion, that makes my father so violent. 
a working class man. He 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 seals bean baked bean tins. <laughs> I, I think there's a lot of violence attributed to the beans themselves. Um, uh, of what what they do to to the insides of someone just to make them incredibly angry uh, throughout all times. They're, they're all working class people seal bean tins. It's like that um, song. Uh, all of my beans, dad's friends. Beans, uh, the musical fruit. The more you eat, the more you're unreasonably angry with the world. <laughs> it's one of the ten foods I've eaten: beans. <laughs> <laughs> but only ten, right? You, you yeah, stop only in beans, celery, cod. Jamboree. Jamboree. Uh, crayfish. Uh, Jamaican tarts. Uh, roast peacock. Bulbous. Where did you eat roast peacock? Uh, at the Liverpool training ground with Sammy Hippier. Um, was he your best friend? <laughs> yeah, he was. He was you don't sleep with ten of your best friends' wives, or your best well, friends' ten wives. Or classic footballer move. Oh, okay. We're all at it. Um, <laughs> who else was on it? <laughs> who else was sleeping with some of his wives? John Terry, presumably. Yeah, John Johnson Terry. <laughs> Johnson, Johnson, <laughs> John, John Johnson Terry. <laughs> okay, so wait, okay, so we got bean, celery, cod, jamboree. <laughs> Don't know what that is. Crayfish, Jamaican tart. <laughs> Remarkable memory there. Roast peacock. Where, what else did we eat? We, uh, I think ham. Oh, wow, you yeah, ate ham. That, that's nice. Uh, and uh, uh, um, Brussels sprouts. Oh, okay. is, is there any chance that, that maybe you've eaten more than these, just perhaps you've forgotten them over time, Michael? <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe so. Uh, scallops is number 10. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. I want to return back to the question of why you think the um, the so-called lower classes. Um, I didn't say lower, or... but they're just less repeated. Okay. <laughs> well, okay. Why why do you think possibly the working class um, uh, are tarred with the brush of being angry uh, and and why hooliganism is the way it was in football? I think. Well, I think a lot of it has to be blamed on Thatcher. Um, with, yes, with the way that she uh, treated the fans. And uh, the way that they were forced into into cages. Fair. Um, and I, I think if you treat people like animals, they'll they'll act like animals. So uh, one thing I really wanted to to sort of uh, bring up today is is I really wanted to change like the vocabulary that people use. Uh, so there's a lot of people out there that refer to the working class as lesser people, <laughs> <laughs> and I'd really like to ask them to stop doing so. <laughs> Well, fair, fair point. Fair yeah. point. <laughs> to quote Michael Jackson, um, I'm looking at the man in the mirror. <laughs> um, I don't really know what that has to do with it, but I feel like maybe you should listen to some MJ. Yes, it's like fair. we used to back at Highbury when I was a baby. Oh, I love Michael Jackson. Yeah. Do you think that possibly the reason why hooliganism took hold, though, is because, like, coming from the working class background, <laughs> they, they, they invest too much in football. There's nothing else going on in their lives. I think Nick Hornby sort of hits upon it, like where fandom sort of crosses over into obsession is when you choose to identify and form your identity fully through the thing that you love, be it anything really. It could be music, it could be mm-hmm. uh, film, it could be football. Beanie sport. Babies. Beanie Babies, indeed. Uh, what was or your books, favorite? books, dare I say it, books. Right? That oh. can happen sometimes. 
Well, I think that was quite arrogant of, of Nick Hornby there when, when he does give those same examples that, that you just gave to mm. say how they're all kind of very uh, attainable kind of goals to go for whether you want to be an actor. Goals, yeah. Oh, good goodness me. Good fun. Yes. Uh, there'll be two more of those straight to show. <laughs> um, um, I've lost my thought of, uh, point of... Um, uh, where, where were we at? Were we goals. Talking? Attainable goals by Nick Ah, Hornby. of course. Like yes. you've, got, you've got your attainable goals. <laughs> goals. <laughs> Great fun. Great fun. <laughs> I can see that, what that, that's two. There's one more coming. <laughs> Look out for it, folks. Um, I, I think that um, when you've got these attainable goals... <laughs> oh, goals! <laughs> oh, 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 we did it! He got the idea! Oh, I'm going to fight everyone! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 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 yeah. Whoa! Oh, he's gone down the class. He's gone down the class. Steady on, steady on. Give me a break, Bean Tins. They're not sealed. They're not sealed. I'm fighting everyone. I'm back. Whoa, whoa! He, 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 he battered the shit out of Michael Owen. Michael, oh, yeah. I'm injured now. Oh, wait, how many, how many injuries does that take it to? <laughs> We're about to find out if Michael Owen can count it. Wait, 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 it was, it was ten. It was ten. It was the tenth injury. Okay, he injured my arm, which yes. was already injured. Exactly, exactly. Um, uh, sorry, Peter, you were making a point. You were making a point. Sorry, uh, goals, attainable so, goals. Just, just quickly, I, I think that that thirty-minute fight scene there. Could you just edit it down slightly for the listeners? <laughs> Maybe we should. Maybe we should. Just the highlights, eh? Eh? We'll just have to look away now if you don't want to know the results. Michael shit had Michael shit. Michael Owen had shit kicked out of him. I uh, when <laughs> I was arm. on his arm. When I was playing football, I always looked away because I never wanted to know the result. Especially when you kick the ball at the goal. Yeah, I'd kick the ball at the goal, and, <laughs> and, when, go, and, when, ah! and when and when the crowd started cheering, you cover up your ears and your eyes went la 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 and run away. From yeah, the and then I would watch a match of the day later. <laughs> I, I think that would actually be Michael Owen's most interesting celebration he's ever told. <laughs> the, what the uh, la 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 running out of the pitch and getting into a car and driving away from the football match. <laughs> For fear of having the rest of the match spoiled for him. Yes. Uh, did you ever? Did you, how far would you go to keep the secret and sanctity of a match result from the spoiled? Um, I once gagged Savvy Hippier uh, <laughs> with a ball gag. Wow, this guy uh, has really not had a good relationship with you. Yeah. <laughs> so many quite close friends. <laughs> Just banter, I guess. It's just banter. Sleeping well, with his wives and gagging him. Is we, him. we kicked off and I passed the ball to Stephen Gerrard mm-hmm. uh, and he passed the ball to Robbie Fowler. Yeah. Then Robbie Fowler passed the ball to me. Uh, and then I was tackled by Proctitus Bramble. Uh, and then I stopped looking because I never looked. Are these real people? Yes. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah. Uh, and then I... <laughs> Okay. Uh, I stopped looking because I didn't want to see what would happen at the other end. Right. Uh, and so I ran into the corner flag. Uh, <laughs> there was a lot of noise. Right. And Sammy Hipper went up and tried to tell me something, and I ball ganked him. Wow, that's going quite far. Is that the furthest you've ever gone, then? Yeah, to avoid way? finding out about the result. Apparently, wow. we needed to kick off again. <laughs> and did you go like, oh, spoilers, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. Okay, all right, all right. Was Sadly, this a problem that you got like more increasingly towards the end of your career, so you chose to like stop scoring altogether? <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> Except Sammy Happy as wines. When I <laughs> scored the goal in the Manchester derby, I was very irritated because I was really hoping to 
find out the result later. Oh. And everyone got very excited. And they were like, Mike Lowe, you've scored a goal. And I said, yes, but I've ruined my hopes. No. Oh. Well, that's, that's and Alex Ferguson uh, attacks me with an axe. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that he w- came from a working class background, though. So yeah, I, uh, I'm Scott sorry. Uh, please excuse me. I was, I was. That was terribly. Uh, uh, I mean, that, those were my 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 early, my earlier days there. I don't know why so much violence ensued, and I understand it's why. It's okay. Okay, we're everybody's fine. Like everybody's again. fine. Everybody's fine. I I, I want to finish up. Like I guess this discussion we're coming towards the end of it. I guess to talk about we talked about anger. We talk about love of the game. We I don't feel that we've really hit upon what it is about football itself, which makes it so universal and beloved. I think Nick Hornby tries to uh, talk about these sorts of things. He. Here's a quote that uh, I want to read to you. Um, it is a strange paradox that while grief, the grief of football fans and the Israel grief is private, we each have an individual relationship with our clubs. And I think that we are secretly convinced that none of the other fans understands quite why we have been harder hit than anyone else. We are forced to mourn in public, surrounded by people whose hurt is expressed in forms different from our own. So like what is like he t- hits upon the idea that like a uh, football fandom is universal but strangely a personal private thing um and yet the sharing of uh, of a loss we all accept that somebody else out there might be a different team but they understand something of the loss that we feel even if we're not um experiencing it ourselves um i think there's something to be said about the human experience there i don't know what everybody else thinks if we, if we, let's well, we place football, for example, and replace it with um, God. It's a strange paradox that while the grief of God fans and the Israel grief is private. Makes sense, right? The grief of God fans. God fans. Mm. Like, there are different God fans all around the world. Oh, I see what you're saying. You see? It's the World Cup of Gods next year. Is it? Yeah, I think that Vishnu's going to win. I'm not. Sorry, I'm not fo- I haven't been following. Uh, would, would, would you not put your money on Shiva the Destroyer? No, no. The Destroyer is an outdated tactical role uh, in modern football. Oh, they actually play football. The gods play football. Yes. One. They're, are they on teams one. of eleven? Or do is you remember? It? No, it's teams of three. Do you remember the Nike adverts? Uh, Nike Olay. Yeah. About yeah. <laughs> fifteen years ago. It's that. Were you ever on it? Uh, yes, I was. But uh, Vishnu has got several arms. Yeah. You're not allowed... Presumably he would just go in goal. Like. <laughs> yeah, he would. But how, how does he score any goals? <laughs> like... That's why I'm tipping him. He goes in goal. It's a three-a-side team. It's a three-a-side three team. It's yeah. Nico Lay rules. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay, fair enough. He goes in goal, then who would be up front? Uh, he's in a team with the River God uh, from the Amazon... Uh, and uh, Jim Miroquai. I think. I, I, I think. Jim Miroquai. <laughs> the god of Jim Miroquai. Yes. Oh, wow. I, I'm not familiar with that denomination. Not, no, neither am I. Neither am I. It's um, a very small god. But there's one woman in Basingstoke who worships him as a god. Uh, that's enough. And then counts as one. Mm. Fair. What about the, the flying spaghetti monster? Yeah, he's in it. <laughs> Okay, that's <laughs> right. I, hear that. uh, I, I, I feel okay. I, I think it's it's it is interesting to me that like um, like even the title Fever Pitch um speaks to a sort of like love and 
uh, intensity of feeling that football engenders that is um, close to fanaticism and, yeah, dare I say it, insanity. Um, but Nick Hornby writes from the perspective of a person who's kind of aware of the yeah. insanity that he mm. is. And he he realises how absurd it is to get so excited, to be an adult man and get so excited about a group of other adult men kicking a ball about. Um, well... Look, Chin, I think I think the the sort of parallel that you draw in the, the I'm sorry, I'm going back a sort of step here, but the parallel you draw between religion and or God and uh, football is is a an interesting one. That I think makes sense. Mm. Um, so if you think about it as the limit of what is attainable, of what is possible, and then you imagine that God is also the limit of what is attainable. It's 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 the sort of pushing past our limits. And then we do that through proxy in football, mm-hmm. and we do that through through God in in our lives, through through the Lord and Savior, and also, yeah. Okay, that's a very good point, Josh. I would run further with that. Then, do you think football could be used to solve bigger problems? And who is the best football player? Could you use football to decide who's the best? Tennis. Oh, oh sorry. Who's the best tennis player? But you took it in a very, a very different, different way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it time? Is it time who we had that competition? Um, and who is the best race? Well, I think the best race has got to be the the one hundred meters. That's a really good race. <laughs> and um, and I mean, obviously, I, I hate that race. <laughs> I mean, there's no. Why do you hate that race? What's wrong with that race? They're lazy. I mean, they don't run very far. <laughs> they only run a hundred meters. Mm. Yeah, but so, how far did you run in football there in uh, one go? Lots. You know what? I'm with you, Michael. Um, I don't like the hundred meters either. I think they're a lazy race, but they're so musical. Mm. Well, that doesn't mean anything in the context <laughs> of a race. So, it, 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 have you ever have you ever hung out with the the hundred meters? No, it's a metaphysical concept. Yeah, but the very musical race. Very musical race. Hmm. What about what about the Ma- London Marathon though? Because that's also a very good race. That's a great. Yeah, that's yeah, my that's favorite race. Yeah. But they control the world media, so. Oh, my, uh, Michael likes that race as well. Yeah. So okay, so so we've got so we so I'm building a picture here of, of Chin's worldview. What about the the 100 meter relays? Great, they're great. Um, small penises though. Small penises. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why would they only choose oh so they don't confuse them with the baton yes exactly <laughs> exactly that's exactly why uh, do you know the embarrassment when you get the you grab the wrong thing like and oh instant disqualification well, that's how oh, I got my penis yeah. injury oh no that was with somebody his wives instant disqualification that would be um, well you, you were doing a relay on all ten of them weren't yeah. you <laughs> and which one did you sustain the injury on and did you carry on playing uh, uh, it was uh, Claire Dennis, oh, the French film director. Oh, fair. And uh, then the number that was on Claire's back at the time? She was his tenth wife. Ten. Oh, so you got it right at the end. Yeah, yeah. Story checks yeah. out. Story checks out. Uh, okay, this has been like 
Oh, sorry, Peter. You no, I was going to say I don't. I don't think that it's it's a religious thing. I think it's more of a kind of an addiction based thing. Mm. Um, I I don't think that football's a comparison to to God. I think it's more similar to kind of more of a smoking or an alcohol. Mm. Um, I I think I think it's kind of it, it's just attacking that part of the brain. Oh well, um, Marx did say that religion is the opiate of the masses. So you mm. know, maybe there's a correlation to be made between drugs. The, the addictive yeah. drug-like aspects of football and religion and music and all things that human beings... like Basically, human beings can't be trusted to just like a thing in a rational way. We've yeah. got to take it too far. Take it way too far. Mm. Right. Well, well, well that, that's exactly the thing. I think it's it's all about the enjoying it responsibly. Okay, okay. In moderation. So just what, like... Like me? Like an occasional football match. But what are you saying? Just an occasional football match. You're saying that I can't handle more than six football matches? Or like what? what? In, in, in a week? Oh. How many football matches Maybe do you have in a week? Maybe we need to fix it. 28. 28 football matches in a but week. But I don't like football. That sounds to me like you might have a football problem. I don't mind who wins or loses. I think addiction- Let me yeah. set up a couple of screens uh, and we can show you... S- seven football matches simultaneously. That's how I already do that. Okay, well... Tripping it at 21. A million. <laughs> <laughs> You've become very proficient with numbers, Michael. <laughs> this is possibly the biggest amount of anything that you've ever had to deal with. Right, I've set up all these screens and they're all showing football matches. What do you think about that? Uh... Oh, fight everyone now! Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, we back! Oh, we back! Oh, my clothes arms are I guess I'll kick this shit out of his arm. Oh, Oh, oh. I should be trying to stop this, but it is such a beautiful game. Um, I want everybody... I, I, look, now you've calmed down. Now you've calmed down, Josh. Oh, down. Sorry, I don't know what came over me there. Maybe I've got to feel some baked bin team. I do think you have a football problem. I'm sorry. Maybe I well, I told you I got football fever at the yeah. beginning, and we knew this. Yeah, football fever is not to be scoffed at. It's a real thing. Don't scoff at my football didn't fever. Didn't scoff it. Well, don't tell people to not scoff at it. All right, all right. Think of sex. Does it feel better? It's making no difference. Oh, okay. Making no difference. I'm that. I'm kind of neutral on sex as well. All right, all right. Okay. All right. All right. I just have a general rage that will never, never be quelled. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. I need some. I need some. I need a what Robinson's else? fruit shoot. Okay. To, to to level me out. Anyone got a Robinson's fruit shoot? I think we've got. I I have a Capri Sun and a. Tub of Solero no, shots. No, no, that's not going to do. <laughs> We're not going to do. Solero shots. How about Calippo? Can you melt the Solero shots down Into and then what? put it in a sports cap bottle? Uh, if you give me five years, I don't <laughs> yet have the technology. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's go to our <laughs> final thoughts whilst uh, Josh gathers himself. Uh, Peter, what did you think of Fever Pitch? Um, I, I I thought that um, it, it uh, I thought it ended at the wrong time. What at the end of the book? Yeah, um, I, I think it should have. I think it should have ended just a little bit earlier. Um, so uh, remind me again. Well, what period does the book end? Um, so, like for me, I, I think that they should have ended the book when they ended the film. Uh, in the film, they uh, they ended with with Arsenal winning the uh, their first um, title in in like the in the oh, eighteen so... years. Uh, whereas whereas in the book, it, it just seems to drag on just a little bit for me. Uh, I felt that they got to the climax, they could have ended there, uh, but they seem to just go on a little bit longer, uh, a bit like this point. 
I, a, a bit like um, you. Well, that's what happens when you think about football too long. It just prolongs everything. The climax, you know. If you've written a book about where you're just thinking about football, yeah, obviously the climax is going to be delayed. He couldn't stop writing about it. Couldn't stop thinking about it. And then finally, when he finally finishes the book, it comes way too late. Way too late. Yeah, like a, a whole, whole another three seasons. I think he goes on yeah. beyond. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Or possibly at a grandma's funeral. Is all I'm saying. That's not related to football. No, it isn't. It isn't at all. That's what why if, it's very inappropriate for it to happen at the grandma's funeral. What if the grandma's funeral was wearing a football hat that was like half of a football, like a hollowed out football? Ooh. And she could be lowered into the casket. Right, right. Wearing a football hat. What's um, a football hat? It's a football you know, like a, a black and white football. Yes, yeah, we all know what footballs look And then like. you cut it in half, and then you put one half on the grandma's head. What do you do with the other half? You can use it as a bowl. <laughs> you can eat cereal out of it. Uh, I don't like cereal. Or you could put it on grandpa's head when he dies. What is cereal? <laughs> so what cereal? His, so wait, wait, wait. Matching his and hers football hats for... The great beyond. <laughs> you just give the other half your surviving grandparents to full eight. <laughs> but it, it allows it allows grandma's funeral to remain in the book. Uh, fair enough. So at least it's football. At least it's football themed. This had nothing to do with football until I cut this football in half and place one half of it on my grandma's head's corpse. And then as grand, and then as grandma's being um, lowered into the grave, the song. Da, 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 da. <laughs> And then when she hits the bottom of the ground, someone could shout, Colazio! And then that would be good. That would be football. That's really on... Yes, it would be on point. It would be on point. I'm glad this... Uh, it would prevent you from ejaculating. It would, it would, it would prevent me from ejaculating. You see, yeah. we're solving problems. Hit right, <laughs> really. left and centre. At least until the end of the funeral. It's, or at least until somebody shouts, Go! And then I wouldn't be able to hold myself back. I wouldn't. But you said you don't like football. I don't like football. But, but it makes but you I ejaculate. Like, but, I, but I like it when people shout, Go! Because that's what I shout when I, when I ejaculate. Yeah, but they're not shouting. has nothing to do with football. I just like shouting it. When I... They're shouting Golazio. Uh, they're not I... shouting goal. Oh, uh, what does Golazio mean? It's a goal. Golazio. It's an underwear shop, I believe. Okay, all right, fair enough. So those were your thoughts, Peter, on the book. Those are your thoughts. <laughs> I'm surprised that no one knows what goal Lazio means. What does it mean? It just means a goal for Lazio. Lazio yeah. Okay, all right, fair enough, fair enough. Oh, does it? Well, that makes sense. Grandma supported Lazio. <laughs> you know, your grandma was a famous fascist, wasn't she? Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> um... Michael, what did you think of Oh, I thought it was great. I thought it was in the best ten books I've ever read. <laughs> ah, okay, okay. I'm not going to ask you to provide the list, but um, what was it about... What do you think it got right about football fans? Being a football player and, obviously, I assume a fan of football yourself. I think what it got right about being a football fan is that football fans really like football. <laughs> That's true. Like, he does talk about how much and he likes football. And he mentions that a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. That's... Straightforward and, and he mentions watching and enjoying football, which is another thing that football fans do. 
covering all the bases there. Thank you for your thoughts, Michael. But can uh, I ask Michael Owen a question? Sure, go ahead. Uh, Michael, I've been a big fan of your career, and well, one thing I'd really like to know is, is what would you say is the all-time best 11 players you've played with? <laughs> um, uh, myself. <laughs> one. Uh, the, the one with the big uh, bald head. Um, yes, David Beckham. Yes, John Harson. Um, so, sorry, sorry. <laughs> what formation are we going in today? <laughs> I think you didn't mention a formation. <laughs> Please. Do I have to have it in a formation? Right. No, I just want to hear the players. I'll make them a formation myself. Okay. Uh, so the bald head man. Um, is that John Hurton? Is that Yaf Stam? Is, is that Zinedine Zidane? Uh, no, the last one. The, the last is one. Is it the one who used his big bald head to smash someone else's head? I, no, I didn't watch that. Uh, <laughs> James Blunt, who I played with in a charity match. You played with James Blunt? <laughs> and he was one of the best players I've ever played with. <laughs> Mary, what people who don't understand football don't realise is football's not all about strategy skills, it's about off the ball movement. Mm. And, uh, James Blunt was excellent at that. Uh, it makes sense. He wrote a song called You're Beautiful, and it's called The Beautiful Game, so yeah, it um, makes sense that would work out. Uh, Raul. He's good. Um. Paul Skulls. Oh, over Stephen Gerrard. Uh, Stephen Gerrard. It's the Skulls and Gerrard. Skulls, Gerrard and Zidane. So Skulls... Is there... And Raul. Raul. I think Raul Castro. Uh, Ricardo, uh, the Man United reserve goalkeeper. Of course. <laughs> well, so you did know a goalkeeper. <laughs> He's the only one I knew. <laughs> is, he, is he playing in goal then? You got him yeah, as a goalkeeper. Yeah, he could be in goal. Well, you're not going to do something unexpected, though. Play him as like a, um, a, a striker. Uh, Dennis Irwin. Uh, really? <laughs> Dennis Irwin? David May. David <laughs> May. Uh, <laughs> There's no place for Sammy if you is there? <laughs> <laughs> you, you've given up his position to James Blunt. <laughs> well, he did ask him for his best 11 players, so... And he said he only knew ten players, so um, that little child that I nutmegged in that YouTube video. <laughs> See that? <laughs> it's a video of me scoring goals against a small child. <laughs> he was he was one of the best footballers you ever played against or with. Was he? Wait, is this the best or his favourite? He is the best. He was in goal in that. He was crapping goal. <laughs> Uh, I would well the right right wing it's right wing small child <laughs> small child get that in there that got nutmeg <laughs> and you've got one player left uh, um, Alexandro the current Juventus left back who I've played with I played hungry hippos with him <laughs> that is that is so are you playing Raul off as a striker yes, okay. yes. yeah he can play up top that's fine um, so you've got a few of your your um, Liverpool teammates, some from when you were time at uh, at uh, Real Madrid, and then some people from YouTube videos with James Blunt. Uh, James Blunt, yeah, James Blunt. James Blunt's a bit of a wild card, I think. There, or, or possibly the small child. I don't know. Which, they're both kind of wild card. Options. I think the child is more surprising <laughs> than the adult. <laughs> and of all of the Manchester United players you could have picked. You picked three you didn't play with. <laughs> I, I did play with Paul Skulls. Oh, you picked four players, by mistake. You picked David May, Dennis Irwin, Ricardo, <laughs> the reserve <Arizona> coach, <laughs> and Paul Skulls. It was actually a fairly good choice. 
<laughs> I mean, like, you know, as, as somebody who's not familiar with football, I, I'm assuming this is all very hilarious people, uh, <laughs> yeah. out there. Um, but yeah, I will Chin, make sure we get... It is make really sure we, funny yeah. if you know football like it's me. It's true, it's true. But I don't care. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to snap a photo of that later so we can post that to the website so we can see the <laughs> ultimate Michael Owen dream team um, and record it for posterity. Uh, thanks for that, Michael. Um, Josh, what do you think of Diva Pitch? Well, it made me think of back back in the day when I was when it, when the book first came out, you mm. know, and it took me it really took me back to when I was drinking Robinson's fruit shoots and and playing hopscotch down at the playground. We used to kick footballs through the goal goal posts. And, um, that, that is the point of the game, yeah. Uh, yeah, and um, yeah, I don't know, I just thought it was pretty good, pretty okay. good, pretty good. Don't Reminded me of my dad as well. That's an interesting question. It made me want to put beans in cans. It's true. Fathers are a major part of football fandom, it must be said. Like, um, you, uh, it's arguable that... Taught me how to fight. Taught you how to fight, taught you how to love football. Taught, taught me how to... How to, how to taught you how to love. Taught me how to love. Yep. Said, think about football, makes it last longer. Uh, and that's a top tip from your dad. I tend to think that fathers are probably the reason why a lot of guys are into football. You don't necessarily uh, my dad wasn't into football so therefore I've kind of grown up not really having football as a presence in my life your dad was a football Did, now, now, that now, seems a bit unfair Michael you never met my dad <laughs> uh, does this mean you uh, are you straight straight if you don't like football how are you how are you straight oh oh, I see what you're saying here huh, that's a very good question I so I'm going on received knowledge here. I'll tell you how I know I'm straight uh, and the evidence is on my grandma's casket <laughs> <laughs> when she was wearing the hat, <laughs> she was wearing the football hat. Uh, or was that? I forgot. That's how we improved. I think that, that that's how we improved. Our <laughs> yeah, uh, that yes. makes this all makes sense. This right? makes sense. I mean, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm straight, guys. I'm straight. Um, okay, just checking. Thanks for that um, review of the book, uh, Josh. Uh, Aaron, just making sure. Is this notes? No, no, it's not notes. Yeah, uh, okay. not yet. This is our thoughts. Our oh, final thoughts. Uh, yeah, it's all right. One one. One one. Oh, that's not a great result though. That's like a disappointing result. Depends on the context. So what's it? What's it? If context? it was the second leg of a Champions League game, it would be good. Okay. Yeah. In a real way. All right. Why is it good? I'm not gonna explain the. Okay. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough, Michael. Harry, can you specify in this situation? Are we the home or the away team? Uh, with the away team. Well, so it's a, it's, a, it's a good, it's an away, it's a, it's away a goals count double. Ah, okay. okay. Well, we're we're I see, okay. Arsenal and they're um, Football FC. Okay, Football FC. Good, good. Um, I'm going to defer, I'm going to go with the, uh, the, the overall assessment. As a person who doesn't know that much about football, this is very instructive. I learned, uh, for example, that football is in fact a game of two halves. Uh, and um, I learned that... It is? It is. Oh. Surely anything of whole, anything whole. Do you think it was a it was a game a game of ten tenths? <laughs> yes, I did. Okay, all right. I was always going off in the middle of it <laughs> for twenty two, twenty seconds. <laughs> exactly. I'm sorry, Harry. You were saying something. No, I was just saying. Surely anything that is whole is made of two halves. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. Well made, well made. Um, but yeah, I feel that I, <laughs> I feel that like um, I feel closer to all my football loving friends having read Fever Pitch. And I would say I would I would urge anybody who has often looked at football and looked at the people who love football and thought, "What's up with that?" 
Read Fever Pitch. It might let you understand just like the gaping vacuum at the center of all these men's souls. Um, they have nothing. They've got nothing else in their lives. Let them have this. Let them have this. Thanks, Chen. Um, but yeah, it's a great thumbs up from me for this book. I love it. Uh, which means it goes in the Hall of Fame. All right. This is almost like a, one of those uh, football chants they have on uh, football games. Is this Thierry Henry? It isn't. It isn't. It's Eric Cantona. No, I'm just messing with you. It's Serge Pistache. Everybody, thank you very much for joining me on this talk. I think there's only one thing left to do for us, though. Uh, this book, we all loved it. We all really, really got on board with the uh, premise that football is indeed a sport. Um, but is there any way this book could have been improved? And by which I mean, it's a memoir. It's Nick Hornby writing about his life. So in a way, we're basically saying, is there any way that Nick Hornby's life could be improved? So I want your notes now on how Nick Hornby could have improved his book and his life in the section that we call notes. Notes, 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 Yeah, I'd love to hear this flying through the stands at football stadium. Anfield. That's the same one, right? Wembley. At the Emirates Stadium. What's strange is that, maybe you can answer this, Michael, is that when a team supports Another, when, a te- when a team is sponsored by a, a huge corporation mm. and they help them build a stadium like at Highbury it was like called the Emirates Stadium yes. right? well Emirates anyway yes continue with your but question is it, is it still is it still but Emirates don't support don't sponsor Arsenal anymore do they no so how do they, how do they square that circle I'm not a football money man I just score goals I don't know Somebody. why you seem to think I'm some sort of executive. I don't know. You need to ask David Hume. David Hume? <laughs> the philosopher. Yeah, no, the footballer. <laughs> Notes, everybody. Uh, I'm going to go in an anti-clockwise uh, direction. Aaron, how would you have improved this book and, by extension, Nick Hornby's life? Uh, yeah. I mean, I would have made it about something completely different, actually. I would have made it... Um, I would have set it at the end of the Sabbath and I would have got Brian and Maurice Gibb from the Bee Gees. Mm, I, I see where this is going. It's going to go on longer. Go, go. <laughs> and then they would go to like the Central African Republic to deliver Boris Becker yes. some money. Yes. But while they go there in Africa to deliver Boris Becker money, um, they get because some sort of zoonotic infection spread by mosquitoes. Right. All right, and then they regale the story to the editor of Vox magazine, and they say, oh, can I write the story? I would call it Saturday Night Yellow Fever Pitch. That does sound like a <laughs> why, ripping why, yarn. Why is Boris Becker irrelevant to that title? Because <laughs> he's a diplomat from uh, Africa and he needs money. Yeah. Fair enough, I guess. And he used to be a, a sportsman of some sort, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, then, Tennis, yeah. which is the, the kind of f- middle-class football. Isn't yeah, it? no, it's the football of the hand, as I call yeah, it. Ham- uh, not hand. Handball. <laughs> we have very much handball. Oh, okay. Volleyball. Okay, then Ball. it's the football of the rackets. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah, wouldn't that be squash? 
Oh, uh, and then it's the football. Oh, lacrosse. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's the football of the tennis. I think yes. that's undeniable. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks for that note, Aaron. Um, Josh, how would you improve this book and, by extension, Nick Hornby's life? Well, he didn't really talk about the kind of foods they ate enough there for me so like I remember when I used to go to Highbury as a baby I used to eat um, chicken mayonnaise bagels all the time and I mean it came from a a deep East London tradition you know that was uh, in North London it was was one of the one of the best ones yeah in East North London yeah a deep East North Eastern North London yeah tradition chicken mayonnaise bagel so you would have gone into detail Well, well I just think it was it was absent and you're asking me, I mean, this book's pretty much perfect. It reminded me, it felt like I was two again reading it. Mm, 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 and I did you, wanted did East you, London did you, uh, bagels in North London. Did you soil yourself as you ate it? Did you just regress fully into what? No. being a two-year-old? No, I would... Oh, uh, okay. All right. No, I didn't. No, okay. Are you, well, still, are you said that it took you right back to being a two-year-old. Were you toilet trained? No, I just wasn't that good at reading. Okay. but you So you were toilet trained? Actually. Yeah, I could... No, I could, could go. I could make a good... I could make a good good uh, stir fry. Uh, is that a euphemism or an actual stir fry? No, I, I was a very competent Asian chef okay. as a child. <laughs> so I haven't answered the question of whether you could go to the toilet. <laughs> well, you were Asian. Well, I, look, I, I could, I could, look I think when it comes to chopping, right. I was good at chopping. I was pretty good at chopping, but, right. you know, like running and running a bath was a tricky one. Okay, so you smelt. Yeah. So it was smelly, yeah. just making a stir-fry and pooing as you were stir-fry. Yeah, but I had a nappy on, so... So you weren't toilet trained? Well, what is defined toilet trained? Being able to go to the toilet off your own, like... Volition. Yeah. Yeah, but I never really got the hang of that at all. Okay, so, so, oh, so you still saw... So when I said... That wasn't really what yourself? made me feel like a two-year-old. Oh, okay. The other bits. I see, I see. So you just saw yourself as a matter of, like, happenstance. Yeah. It was a principled decision. So dirty protests of some sort. What were you... What was the principle? Baby rights. <laughs> Lots to unpack here. <laughs> well, maybe next time I come I feel we're getting away. about baby rights. Okay. But I think for now, I just think I want to know about what chicken bagels... In what, the book. What colour were the, these bagels? Were they... More were about they, food. More about the cuisine. Yeah, the were they like stadium. were they like rubbish hot dogs? Were they like sort of horrible burgers that you eat only because you have to? Okay, they're not known for their quality food in uh, football stadiums, as far as I remember. No, um, but yeah, that would have been nice to have something like uh, talked about, which is renowned for its mediocre quality uh, in the book. Uh, good note, good note, Josh. Uh, Michael. How would you have improved this book uh, by extension with Columbia? I, I would have changed the teams that he supported. From um, so Arsenal in to... In 1996 to 2004, I would have had him support Liverpool. From 2004 <laughs> to 2005, I would have had him support Real Madrid. From 2005 to 2009, I'd have him support Newcastle United. From 2009 to 2012, I'd have him support Manchester United. And in 2012 and 2013, I'd have him support City. In terms of the national teams he supported... In 1997, I'd have him support the England under 20s. In 1997, the second half, I'd have him support England under 21, uh, only for one game. Uh, in 1998 to 2008, I'd have support England. Apart from a brief interlude in 2006 and 2007, where he supported England B. Okay. 
Okay, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I don't know that much about football, but the specificity of the date ranges seems to suggest to me that he is basically following football. Well, not really following football so much as following your career. Well, I think that would be a better book. Okay, so it's going to be all about your career specifically. So you, you, you want to write an autobiography, but you want somebody else. <laughs> I want my autobiography to be about what it was like to be a fan of Michael Owen through the years. Through, through the um, eyes of uh, Nick Hornby. <laughs> yeah. He's, a better, he's probably a better writer because he knows yeah, 16 more than the alphabet than you. So like... <laughs> Mine would just be long stories. That's good. Oh, well, a lot of stories about how shoddy wave treated semi hippie. So I'm not sure if the world really needs to read those stories, really. Uh, well, thank you very much for that note, Michael. Uh, Pisa, how would you have improved this book and by extension Nick Hornby's life? Uh, I, I think I would like to have learned a little bit more about the relationships. Um, uh, it, he talks about, um, I mean, that's where the idea for the film came from, to, to take his life and to put it in a relationship sense. Uh, I think it would have been nice if some of the uh, uh, relationships they'd had along the way, we'd actually got to learn their names. Um, Instead of being the woman or the girlfriend. Or yeah, the, the girlfriend as she was at the time. The missus. The missus. Um, and, and to that extension, I'd, I'd like to learn more about the people and, and maybe we could have seen more kind of the damage that football had caused to his relationships as opposed to they seem to be sort of transient things whilst he's always got something better to be doing. It's interesting though, because it, I, I feel that like the book that he did actually sort of uh, delve into that a bit more was High Fidelity. And some would argue that's possibly the superior book to uh, Fever Pitch. Well, it's a work of fiction, so he's got a, a, an opportunity to, to tell more stories. Whereas and make it more interesting, I guess. Yeah, so you can't really embellish things about your, your life in a, in a biography. That's uh, fair, that's fair. So you just wanted the women in his life to get more uh, attention. You do feel that he's sort of like excusing his um, uh, behaviour of being a, a non-present boyfriend. And using football as an excuse, in a way. I think that's fair. I think that's fair entirely. And, and I think that there's no kind of knowledge in terms of um, uh, exceptions or growth to say, I understand how this relationship failed. Well, whilst there's a whole overlying book mentioning entirely about how that relationship clearly failed. <laughs> because I love football more than I love you. Exactly. He even talks about it, like sex is never going to be as good as football at several points. Yeah. So that's probably the... Uh, and do you think that's kind of also like this feeling of the, that football is being used as an abdication from reality and responsibility? Um, I don't disagree with that point. Okay. All right. Fair that's a strong, strong, strong note uh, from Peter. Um, I, um, I, I loved all these uh, ideas. I, so what we've got here is a book that is essentially following the career of Michael Owen, uh, uh, which takes in some uh, a lot of like a hand-wringing over the effect that Michael Owen's career has had on his various relationships over the years. Um, and, but it's okay, because like, um, there's a good chicken mayonnaise bagel like being served. The place. But wait, what's happened? Oh, it's Barry Gibb and the other Bee Gees. We've got the Kobe Boris Becker <laughs> in Africa. Uh, oh, we're sick, we're sick. Uh, and I'm now pitching this story to Vox magazine. Uh, and I've changed the title. <laughs> Stop me. Wait, what the I feel like it's like a director than me. No, it's not to everybody. I'm literally summing up the hot part of taking on pitched. your 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 recommendation. Okay, yeah. this is the book that we've essentially created. Uh, okay. It's called uh, Saturday Night Yellow Fever Pitch. Uh, uh, Michael Owens. Uh, Michael Owens career. <laughs> Damn, that's a tasty bagel. Oh no, I'm a terrible boyfriend. <laughs> the book. 
Um, thank you very much for joining me today, fellas. This has been really useful. Um, what are your thoughts? Do you think England has a chance to make football come home? No. No? <laughs> Michael, that's <laughs> going to be shattering to a lot of people expecting Michael Owen to have the back of his uh, possible teammates as well. well I've not heard of any of them. <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay. I wish Michael P- Owen clearly doesn't think they have a chance. What about the rest of you? Uh, I think I want Belgium to win because they've got a player called Lukaku. And that sounds a bit like Bukart. <laughs> I, that's the best way book. to yeah. do a book in it, that's the best way to like to make your decisions about liking anything <laughs> so if you if you if a person was called like a like a shitty poo fuck face like he should be president of the world <laughs> <laughs> let's make him our king shitty poo fuck face okay alright um, anybody else have any insight into the World Cup? Are you excited? I, I, I mean, I'm not that invested. And you don't feel one way or the other about it, Josh. I'm neutral. You're neutral. But do you think England have a chance? Is it going to come home? Um, I'll give a neutral maybe. 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 Pizza. Uh, I think the important thing is, is, is you've just got to score uh, blinding goals. Uh, I mean, for example, uh, Michael, he famously scored mm. in 98 uh, against Argentina, where people seem to forget that we actually lost that game. <laughs> <laughs> So as long as you score an absolutely oh, blind... Why does it bring everybody yeah, down yeah, and remind us of that it, loss? Yeah. Yeah. You've, spoiled you've just reminded everybody of that loss now. Oh. I haven't watched that game yet. <laughs> he watches it. Well, you just watched the goal. Is it true, Michael, that you watch all your football matches on 0.2 speed? Yeah. So <laughs> that so that you can really get every, the best yeah, out of every yeah, moment. Yeah. I watch at 0.2 speed. And I pause every five minutes to discuss it with my family members. I'm surprised that um, the the so note that Nick Hornby's the... book about your life is not more constrained, not just to your career, but the moments that you appear in every game <laughs> and that you had possession of the ball and that you appeared in camera. And that's what mm. the book's about. Right? And yeah, then exactly. you got the ball. I think we're starting to learn why you can only name 11 footballers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm still in the, the first game that I've started. <laughs> Uh, last thing, fellas, before we all go, uh, does anybody want to plug anything whilst they're here? I'm going to be going to the Edinburgh Festival this year. Uh, I'm uh, participating in a compilation show, um, and uh, be, it's a very diverse um, compilation show uh, made up entirely of uh, straight white male comics. All <laughs> um, oh, who look very similar to myself. Um, but I, I believe it's going to be a fantastic show, so it's up there in Edinburgh. It's called Zillions of Comedians. And um, I think everybody should come along, providing that the year is currently 2018 and you're not listening to this in the future. Mm. Um, but I still stand by my prediction. Where's that happening? Um, it's happening in Edinburgh. Oh, where in Edinburgh? Oh, was, pardon uh, me. Venue. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> just, just have people turning up to Edinburgh. It's like, doing some comedians. Where is it? Well, hopefully if the flyer I'm paying is doing their job, probably that will work. Um, it's going to be at the Tallbooth Tavern in uh, Edinburgh, um, 2018. That's a good tavern. Excellent. excellent. It's my favourite tavern. Zillions of comedians? I don't think that's necessary. How many do you think there should be? Uh, ten. Yeah, there you Can go. Can you name ten comedians? Yeah. <laughs> no, let's do that. Let's end this. Um, uh, as, ever, <laughs> as ever, if you have any of the issues on today's show have affected you, write to us at thinkingitpodcast at gmail.com. Actually, funnily enough, we actually got some mail. Oh. We got some fan mail. Um, I'm going to, um, and, and guess what? It sounds like it's a legitimate piece of fan mail. What? Um, 
that we received through our website. I cannot find the email at the moment. Why I cannot not find it? Bear with me. We'll edit all of this out. Well, okay. Can't Michael name his tank? <laughs> <laughs> well, we, can't you play the theme tune? <laughs> I fine. Name your ten comedians, oh. Michael. Once we're like trying to like. Uh, um. Uh. Oh, wait, I found it. Um, so, so here we go. Uh, this is a subject faking lit contact. And it's from Peter Hitchens. <laughs> Dear Chin, you still haven't called or written. I had hoped you had a chance. I'm not angry. I just think it's rotten you don't answer fans. If you didn't want to talk to me inside Waterstones... It wasn't necessary, but you could have signed an autograph for secretary. That's my secretary. She's 16 years old. Winky emoji. We waited for four hours in the degenerate art section, pondering de facto marijuana legislation. See, I'm just like you in a way. I didn't like my brother either. He used to always call me names and... and that's a typo there, and and strive to undermine my faith in the divine because he didn't know you like I know you, Chin. No one does. When the anthem played, he wouldn't even stand up. Cancer? That's an excuse. Now let's bury the hatchet before your ass receives my boot. A country supper in the kitchen. Sincerely yours, Peter Hitchens. P.S. We should blog together too. So, Peter Hitchens, um... I'm assuming that is the Peter Hitchens. His email is teasgonecoldy at gmail.com. And his website is hitchensblog.mailonsunday.co.uk. So I'm assuming that's the real deal. I don't know how to respond to this. Uh, Peter Hitchens. Peter, not this one. Um, the other Peter that's just written into us. I did not know that you were there at the Waterstones live event. And if you'd approached me, I would have gladly shaken your hand because like, uh, even though I find your political views abhorrent and I think you're terrible, it's always nice to meet a fan, even if they are Peter Hitchens. Um, I apologize if you felt snubbed. Yeah, maybe we should blog together. Um, I'll probably, yeah, be the uh, uh, more left-wing counter to your right-wing argument. I don't know what everybody else thinks about like Peter Hitchens. Peter I've Foundation. never heard of Peter Hitchens. <laughs> You've never heard of Peter Hitchens. He's not one of the ten columnists that I read. So you know he's a columnist. <laughs> <laughs> I gathered from context. Despite <laughs> the fact he didn't write, I didn't even mention him being a columnist. You mentioned the Mail on Sunday. I, I, he could be anything for the Mail on Sunday. Uh, it doesn't mean he have to be a columnist. But okay, he's not one of your favourite columnists. No, but you know Christopher Hitchens. Yes. Okay, his brother, his brother, oh. his late departed brother. Bit harsh, bit harsh there on the. Um, uh, his brother's legacy there. I, I, I'm not sure how to feel about that. Um, I don't know what anybody else feels about that. It's nice to have fans though. It's nice to have fan mail. Yes. I'm not going to react and respond beyond that. Okay. I, I just want to say that I'm flattered to have been invited along to spend a day with Michael Owen. This has been an incredible experience. I've learned so much about football from Michael. Yeah, I feel really, really pri- privileged to hang out and to count Michael Owen as one of my good friends as well. Yes, uh, you're one of my ten best friends. Indeed, indeed. And let's keep things that way. Um, um, if any, if you want to write to us, why not write to us at fakinglitpodcast at gmail.com. Um, subscribe to us. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, SoundCloud, all the big pod places. Uh, but anyway, look, we hope to hear from you soon. Um, all I is left to say is enjoy the football and keep supporting your local bookstores and libraries. Bye bye. I love you. Bye.